Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to viahemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I say? Look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. Do you enjoy playing relaxing puzzle games on your phone? I do. It's even better when they're free and you can collect prizes along the way. Welcome to Two Dots. I have been playing Two Dots to relax my mind, unwind, and there's something very methodical about it. The premise of the game is you connect dots horizontally, vertically, but never diagonally. And you head from level to level. And as I mentioned, you do collect points along the way if you are into that. More than 5,000 puzzles to keep you engaged and relaxed after a very long day, uniquely designed challenges challenges, game modes, and levels to choose from based on what adventure you are into. And by the way, you can download it for free right now on your Android phone or iOS. I also like the color template of this game. It's very, it's giving me very like pastel-y vibes. So yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it too. If you are ready to kick back and unwind, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS and start connecting. Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, neutrophil, baby. (laughs) You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. Ready. Ready. Now you like the song. Yes. I love it. 
Hey, you guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm Sarah Frazier, your host. Um, Today's show is a little bit different, although hopefully very authentic to who I am, because if you've been listening to me for a long time, you know that I always have open conversations, and sometimes those conversations involve actions that I've made. So today, um, over the past 10 days, I'll say this first, I've done a lot of reflecting in my life, um, thinking, and just just kind of been overwhelmed, I think, in a lot of ways, of, of stepping back and thinking about my actions. And by now, I'm sure you guys have all seen the video that went viral about my comments on 17-year-old Michael Brown, who is an exceptional student from Houston, Texas, who got accepted to 20 Ivy League schools, full rides to all of them. Um, And so that video went viral. I made an apology to Michael last week on Twitter. That was where I could find him. I apologized to Michael and I apologized to his mom in a Facebook message. Um, That was a private conversation. I asked them to be on the podcast, but I know they're very busy and Michael has a lot on his plate. But I wanted to today address that and have an open conversation about the emotion around it, the reaction around it, and Really today, the intention of this show is to for me to listen, learn, and take action so I don't do something like that again because I've just been so emotionally torn up about it. I'm not going to get emotional, hopefully. Um, I don't want any empathy. I want to learn from this this mistake. So um, today on my show, I have two women who are have very strong voices in um, the community and are activists in their own rights and have great media careers. So my first guest is Shauna Renee. Um, she is the creative director of Say It Out Loud, um, and she's also best known as the host and executive producer of Coco Mode, a weekly national radio show on Sirius XM. She's also the daughter of famous... Uh, radio personality Joe Madison, civil rights activist himself. Joe has been on this show, Shauna. Yes, yes, that's what I hear. <laughs> and he had a good time, apparently. Back when I was at the comedy club, mm-hmm. so he was there. Um, and then also Hillary Younger is a voice that you're very familiar with. She has been on the show many times um, and knows me somewhat, but we're just kind of new friends. I wanted a perspective of someone I, I just met and talked to Shauna over the weekend. You obviously know me a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but you are also a former TV reality show star for for uh, design stars, um, expert on black yeah. Twitter. We'll talk about that. <laughs> and I am black Twitter. <laughs> you are black Twitter. And you're also uh, currently an interior designer, a very good one at that here in Washington, yes. D.C. So um, I'm not going to replay the video because I think obviously by now everyone's seen it. It's been seen millions of times. Um, but the setup essentially was the discussion of Michael Brown's accolades and um I had asked the question in this segment of, is it ridiculous for this kid to apply to 20 colleges? So, Shano, tell me this. You live here in D.C. as well. Yes. And you watch Channel 5 every day. What was your reaction when you saw that? I was like, oh, can I can I curse? I, oh, I was yeah, like, oh, shit, they are in trouble. That was my first reaction. I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe they just said that. I was like, oh, this is going to be a problem. That's what I told my husband. I said, this is going to be a problem. And I just kind of sat back and I waited. And it took maybe about six or seven hours. It was later on in the day before um, my first friend, the first friend that I had posted the video and said, can you believe that these girls actually said this? And then I went back and started to do some research but I knew immediately I mean as soon as the word obnoxious left I don't know if it's your mouth or Holly's mouth whoever's mouth (laughs) uttered the word obnoxious I knew in that moment that this was going to be a problem because you know and 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 I think my my visceral reaction was probably the same as everyone else's which is wow here we are in a position to celebrate this young man who has done something that I don't believe anyone in this room 
or maybe in this building has accomplished, which is to not only apply for 20 of the best schools in the country, but actually be accepted and then offered a scholarship. Well, Shauna, I was actually number three in my class, so I just didn't apply. I knew I was coming to Howard, but go ahead. I'm going to let you finish. Okay, because see, that wasn't the case for me. See, I applied to two schools and got into one by the skin of my nose, and that's only because, you know, my my verbal scores were great because my math were in the toilet. 1490 on my SAT. mm, Okay, girl, see, that wasn't me. You did? That's that's wonderful. For you. Google that too. That's I brilliant. probably have a news article about that. Oh, as that's well. wonderful. How obnoxious. Time. No, just joking. Very much so. <laughs> but the Very point much is. so at this point, that's a word you can use for me, not for Michael. Yeah. But I thought, yeah, exactly. So I this, my visceral reaction was like, wow, why why would we even do this? And where does this even come from? So it was I, I have to admit, I was disappointed. Um I was disappointed in, in, in one of your co hosts. I was I was really actually very disappointed. With, with Allison's reaction only because I, I knew that she had gone to Hampton. Um, I, I know s- some folks who are very close to her. So I know her. And uh, not I don't know her, but I'm saying sure. I know of her. Um, and then one of your other co I, I kind of was like, oh, okay, this is sort of par for the course for, for Holly. And then I was just like, okay, I don't really know Sarah very well. I don't know much about her. So I'm not really sure where she stands on any other issue. But wow, what a foolish thing to say. And I just kind of sat back and let it, let it do its thing. And right. it just, it, it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. And then, you know, I just kind of, the more and more I started thinking about it, I was like, wow, this is really a very unfortunate misstep. And um, when our, our mutual friend, Amanda, right. called me and said, would you be willing to speak to her? Um, initially, I was like, I don't know. No, you're I don't not know. alone. I was like, eh, I'm not sure because I don't really know what to say to her. I don't know her. And I can only tell her the truth. And I don't want to offend her or upset her. But what I have to say may. And Amanda's like, no, she really wants to hear from you. Talk to her. So you and I spoke. And I and I told you the, the truth about, you know, what, what I thought about the situation. Yeah, yeah, you did. And that's what I really wanted to talk about because it's listening over the past 10 days, which is really what I've needed to do and what I'm going to do today, is I really heard people basically saying African-American men can't win no matter what they do. And that broke my heart because it's like that is not the person that I am. I don't want to be perpetuating that in any way. And so I've had to really step back and go, okay, um, what was the intention for me saying that and setting that story up. And the problem was there wasn't any intention. You know, there wasn't any thought into that. And I appreciated everything that you told me um, when we spoke. And you said a lot of people aren't going to forgive you. They're not. They're tired of the apologies, which I want to talk about, because I want to know as to with my white privilege, like how do you move forward and not have it happen again? Because I thought that I wasn't ignorant, you know, but that wasn't the case because there wasn't any thinking that went into that. Right. And to acknowledge the depths of your privilege, that it didn't even occur to you. Right. That it didn't even occur to you that bringing the story up or approaching the story from that perspective could be hurtful or problematic. See, it would never have occurred to me, even if the question was whether or not 20 schools is too much. It would have never occurred to me to approach the story from the perspective of, of is this brilliant child obnoxious? for taking advantage of every single opportunity that he earned 
right. would never have occurred to me. So that's part of the privilege is to not even think that that would be not even to consider well, that that would be problematic. And I, Hillary, before you start, sorry to interrupt you, but before you start, one of the other things too significant about having you on is you're from Texas. I am from Texas and I am familiar with the high school that this kid attended. And I think that I wanted to touch on that before we got too far away from where we are. I think the other the other significant thing to point out about the privilege is that the company that you were in already is branded. We're, you know, you're on Fox. I go on Fox. I do segments on Fox all the right. time. And I'm very aware of who I'm dealing with and who I'm entertaining, you know, and also who works here. I mean, that's 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 the reality of it. And so when you kind of use the word, it was like, oh, my God, it was a fucking trampoline. Right. For the anchor who wanted to like say something negative about the kid. But let's speak to Michael's situation because one thing that I do want to bring up is, you know, implicit bias and, you know, all of the things that come up in this whole push to create this idea and identity of inferiority um, regarding black people. Like, first of all, I get very confused about it because you cannot both be inferior and a threat at the same time like I that's the confusing part for me so this kid who applied to 20 schools who probably is first generation college student um his mother didn't go to college we don't know anybody in his family we don't even know what his reach is um I grew up in an urban school I went to Lincoln High School I'm almost positive we played them in basketball or football at some point um and this school is in a community that is underserved education is like I mean the counselors are probably dealing with girls who are you know teen mothers some kids may have gotten you know shot over here who knows what's going on at this school so this one kid who is looking at it like I'm scholastically able able and capable of accomplishing something and I know that I want better for myself but I don't have anybody around me you can ask your dad my dad's passed away but if he I could ask my dad You can ask your dad. There's certain questions that you can ask. He doesn't have anyone in his immediate reach to ask. So my whole thing, when I saw him apply to 20 schools, I was like, that's wild. First of all, hopefully, first thing I thought was like, I hope he got waivers because that's a (laughs) lot of $45 applications. But in the event that he didn't, that means that somebody poor sacrificed $45 at least 20 times for him to get into college because they were saying, you're not going to miss this opportunity. We don't know what we need to do, but we're going to do everything that we can do to make sure that this happens. So I saw it as caution. I saw it as him saying, like, I don't know how this process works, but I'm not going to miss this opportunity. So if I don't get into this school, then I'll get into this one. If I don't get into this school, I get into this one. This is a 17-year-old kid. So his rationale and thought process for me came into play because I'm thinking like if I was a kid and I didn't know anyone to ask, then I probably would have done the same thing and pick all of them. Well, here's the, here's the interesting thing. Right. Tell it. Talk to us about that. My, my father on his show, I, I don't know if it was on the show, but I know he's had a conversation with Michael Brown's mother and she explained exactly. She told, told him. And then he since, uh, shared the conversation with me. And that was number one, um, he has been very independent and and has taken responsibility for his own education. Right. Not as, not taking responsibility, but has has wanted more for himself. She said since he was about in the sixth grade. Right. So this is a child who consistently, from the time he was eleven or twelve years old, knew that he was talented, knew that he was smart, and knew that there was potential. He was also part of a smaller cohort in this school of brilliant young men, right. and right. there was a counselor there who 
was with them, encouraging them. So while maybe in his larger community, you're right, he didn't have the kind of support that maybe you and I right. you know, have enjoyed or were able to enjoy. He certainly did have some support and there were other children like him. And that's important. Number one, I use the word children because right. like you said, they are children. They're children. They right. are children. And there were others. So there are more than one, you know, brilliant young child of color in right. this high school, in this town and in this world. In this whole world. Let's just in this be, world. that's why I had to bring up like 14, can I say it again? 1490 on my yes. SAT back in the 90s. Right. So, but, but, right. So the but fact is, so here 90s. we are in a room now right. among the three of us with one who almost got an, you know, perfect score on the SAT. So it's, it's, it's there. They, they exist. The other thing is, he was working with the counselor, and and and, and um, I did not know that this was the case, but this information came from Dave Thomas, who is the new president of Morehouse College, was a professor, or I, I think the dean of, of Georgetown Business School, right up the street from where we are, and also was a professor at Harvard. So he knows all about college admissions. Definitely. He knows how the process works. He says now there is a program that a lot of young people are taking advantage of, which allows them to upload their information one time. So their scores, um, one or two essays, their grades, uh, public or community service right. activities. And then they upload it one time in the program, then will will allow them Generated to apply. To the right. University. So you just essentially check which one of those universities you want to right. apply to. Children. Again, they're children. Check These all the days, boxes. You know, are checking as many boxes as possible. Right. So the thing that makes Michael Brown not obnoxious but extraordinary is the fact that he got into all of them and got a scholarship right, to right. all of them. He is not alone in applying for 20 schools. There are kids who why have applied for Michael, 35. Why can't Michael Brown cast a wide net? If you're th that was my whole thing. I was like I looked at it like the kid was just casting a wide net. He's like, I mean, I'm going to just why not check yeah. all of them? I like them all. I don't know, like whatever. And he should and I'll be pick. able to. Yeah, exactly. And I'll pick. Exactly. Why do I have to narrow it down? Like, I mean, I don't know those of the people's children who you were talking to, but I mean, I can't can only imagine I, I mean your, your kid may be an underachiever you probably she probably is like I mean privilege takes you far like just the fact that you are what you are can just elevate you to places where you don't actually belong because I talk to a lot of people on a daily basis and I think I said this to you on the phone who I think are are I honestly don't respect their aptitude at all and they're in places and they have positions of leadership right. and they get to, to say their opinions and do all, on a daily basis on public platforms. And I think that they're stupid. And the reality is for her, I mean, to, to use a word like obnoxious, I mean, at this point in my life, I can be obnoxious, but I don't think that using that word for a kid like Michael Brown was appropriate. I, I definitely right. don't think it was no, appropriate. And, but, but I mean, we heard it. was it. actually I've, I've disrespectful. It. Right. And I think right. that's what I was trying to say. Right. And even in obnoxiousness. Yeah. I mean, to, you know, you all are journalists. And so, and, and we all are to a certain degree, we're media personalities. So we have to have a command of the English language. So we have to choose our words carefully. Definitely. So even when we use a word like obnoxious, I knew I had a negative visceral reaction to it. And I said to you, well, let me go back and see what obnoxious really means. Because we'll use it one way, but it means something else. Offensive. Dreadful, repulsive, revolting, repellent, disgusting, vile. Why? Why would anyone use a word that means vile and disgusting and repulsive to describe any person, right. any human being? It doesn't matter. But a brilliant, 
person, child, yeah. African-American child, young man. Like, you know, that the, the last word that I would use is vile. So, you know, sometimes I, when we talked about apologies before, I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm not really into apologies because the thing is, is, is what are you apologizing for exactly? Are you apologizing for not having, a, and I'm not talking just about you, no. I'm talking about everybody on that panel. You know, the thing is, are you really apologizing for, 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 for getting caught? Are you apologizing for not having command of the language in a way that you should? Are you apologizing for not thinking, not checking your privilege? What are you apologizing for? And what does that really change? Because the fact of the matter is someone thought or didn't think enough of this young man to choose a more appropriate word, even in trying to have that conversation. Because I get what you were doing, Sarah, because I've been in a position very similar to yours on the radio where it's my job to come up with the topics, you know, the juicy topics that everyone wants to talk about. So I understand kind of like maybe what you were trying to do. But it's just, again, that privilege that exists in you, that exists in Holly, maybe not so much in Allison, but because, you know, she's got to do what she's got to do. Um, you know, she's got to kind of go along to get along. Um, That privilege that does not allow you or does not stop you from saying, let's think about this because this could have some really negative repercussions. And and I just want to say this, not only for Michael Brown, but the problem that then that we have is that you create an idea or a perception of young black men. And that's when folks have said, that's why folks have said we can't win because on one hand, we've got the media painting young black men as irresponsible children as irresponsible, criminal, undesirable, um, uh, 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 scary, um, uh, undeserving, you know, right, exactly. So we've got that. And so then we as, and and I have an 11-year-old son, black child, um, we then have to have this conversation with our children that our parents had with, I'm I'm sure your your parents had it with you. Sweetheart, you're going to have to be twice as good. Better than to get it's half the better, as far. It's the better than conversation. You have to be better than. You have to be twice as good to get half as far. And that's something that still, with my 11-year-old daughter, that I encourage and have to tell her every single right. day. She is the minority in her school. There are probably like five, six, ten actual black children. And I and, and the reason I say actual black children is because there is a difference in a black child descendant of slaves than an African child or a child from, you know, another country who comes here for a certain type of opportunity. There's a different speech and a different dialogue that you have with that child that I have to have with my child. But I I think what you were saying is that um You know, being black, painting these pictures, you have black men, like you said, who get lambasted in the media. The whole thing is a marketing and PR campaign to destroy our communities. And then when you do bootstrap and you do, it's always this thing, well, just do better. I heard that, yeah. I got that message a lot. White people always say, oh, just do better. Well, then when you just do better, then you're you're obnoxious. (laughs) You're obnoxious, you know. And then what's the sedity or, you know, you're out of line or, oh, who do you think you are? Yeah, you're bougie. Yeah, Yeah. all of these other things that, so so it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. But I'm going to do. Like, that's not going to stop me from doing and that's also not going to stop me from encouraging other people to do because we can't concern ourselves with someone else's false narrative of us. Because, I mean, 
why would I let somebody who from the beginning has made it obvious and I, and when I say somebody, you know, I don't have to isolate things and I'm not going to miss my words from the beginning has made it clear that you don't really value me. Why would I let someone who doesn't value me define my self-worth? Like, why is that something that's a priority for me? So, you know, what's happened for me is that like when, when she asked you about what, what came across and what came in your mind when they said obnoxious, you know, I kind of shoulder shrugged at it. Like, I mean, typical, typical bullshit, right? I okay. mean, and at this point, I think that when you said you don't accept apologies, I don't really accept apologies generally. I mean, from anybody and, and I mean, whoever, because once you've done it, the damage is there. So apologizing for it. I mean, remorse is one thing, but to tell me you're sorry at the point where, okay, 50 million people already saw this because what happened for me, Sarah, because I have been associated with you is on the day that it happened and things started kind of going viral. I started getting inbox messages like, is this the lady who you've been on the podcast with? Is this the right, lady you've been on right. the podcast with? You had with? said that to me when we and, talked. And thankfully, we've had open, thankfully, I am who I am. Like, this is just who I am. We've, I'm always honest. I'm always direct. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, I'm always straightforward. And, you know, my people who follow me, my friends, they know, they know that. But for to be associated with something where, you know, it's had a negative, negative connotation, especially directed in I guess in a space where I've been an activist like where I've said no right black people matter you right. know and, and should matter to everybody and if they don't ever matter to them they're going to always matter to me because I am one and I create them and I was created from them and that just fucking matters to me you know and I care and then and it it bothered me it bothered me that you were associated with it I looked at Allison and I felt bad for Allison because being in media, you recognize it a lot of times, especially on when when you're constantly doing a rundown and you're reading the teleprompter and a lot of things are going on. Right. Things happen in passing, you know, in a studio where you're like, wait, I didn't catch that until after I caught it. Right. And right. I'm sure that's kind of like where she was because she did try to address it. But then it was it was too passive. Right. It was too passive. It should have been more forceful, like a, you know, what do you mean? Well, bitch, what do you mean? Like, it should have been more of that kind of response because... That's what people need. Right. And it could have been a, it's not obnoxious. Right. I don't know that I would have had my child do it, but I don't know that obnoxious is the proper yeah, word to, is the to wrong describe word. it. You know, right. that's what she could have said. Well, and that's the thing in, in, you know, Shauna, you and I talked offline about basically there are going to be people that just don't accept my apology. And, and I'm okay with that because I understand now having reflected and had been conversations with you and Hillary more about that. But, you know, in saying like a lot of people have asked me on Twitter, I mean, of course, I've gotten thousands of messages from, you know, people who have been longtime fans of mine, too, that are really disappointed and um, want, you know, an explanation. And so I, whether this helps or people believe it or not, but that was the thing is like when you're in a newsroom, you're getting pitched stories so fast and everything is so what's happening now. And in this case, it was 10 minutes before showtime. This story got pitched to me to a producer. It was like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. You know, like nobody really stopped to think about, um, has everybody read the story? Is everyone, it was like, we got it, you know, let's do this. So that was what happened. And the problem was there wasn't any intent is like, you know, I've tried on this show in the past and, and I try in my lifetime and sometimes you're just not 
aware that day or not, you know, really awake. Um, but I try to always have intent. And what am I doing? You know, I love to be funny. Like I like to make people laugh and do silly things right. on my Instagram and, you know, pose who wore it best. But there was no intention going into that story. And I don't know if people will believe that or want to hear that, but that is the truth. And that's yeah. the thing for me that I feel like I wanted to come on here. I still have a lot of lessons and I'm still like learning and just taking this all right. in because I... I've been in media for a long time. I've done stories on, you know, when I was on Hot 99.5 that went viral. But this was a different type of reaction. And that's something, like, I just can't lean away from. I have to lean into. And I have to learn from. And I think I thought ignorantly, like, well, I've I've used this podcast and I've had women of color on. And I've, I've tried to have Joe Madison and stuff like that. But I think when you have moments like this, it makes you step back and go, all right, are you going to put your money where your mouth is? Because... You know, you've said that and you've allowed this platform, but you've been kind of passive about it. You know, like you were saying to me, Shauna, don't have you and Hillary on. Don't do this conversation unless there's action after the fact. Exactly. Absolutely. What's going to happen next? Because the other thing that I was, I think, okay, so I'm circling around because Shauna's making so many good points. And I just want to make sure I don't lose my point. Because sometimes my dementia does start kicking in early. (laughs) Um, But... What you I think what happened with you also is because you were sitting next to another white woman, you didn't recognize that you were behind enemy lines either. Like I never like honestly, if I'm if I'm one hundred percent honest, like we've been around each other and we have mutual friends, but I still don't trust you. Right. I mean, and it's just a reality of my life and I'm I'm free enough to say that. I know a lot of people wouldn't say that. I don't think that that will have an, I don't think that will have a, a serious impact on our relationship to say that. Sure. I mean, I don't think you should trust me either. We don't know each other like well enough. Well, Wait, but I, I love the, your mutual friend. So if she right. trusts you. But but I've known that mutual friend now for 17 right. years. You see what I'm saying? Right. So the reason that I'm I was willing to like talk to you and be open with you is because I've known that person for 17 years and if she says you're cool, then okay. I'm right. willing to give it a chance. But the reality is I kind of like proceed with caution in a sense that, OK, Sarah's still white. And that's my reality. I don't know if you have that same reality, too, Shauna, but I definitely, mm. you know, feel that way. But with Holly, I feel like you sat there and you looked at her and you were like, oh, OK, but whatever. But the reality is somebody like Holly, I would never trust her. No. Like never. No. Like, I mean, I, I've gone on with segments with her where she led the segment and I can tell that, you know, with me, it's you're taking shots at me and I just shoot back because I'm a shooter. Right. That's what I do. And I'm really good at it. But- well, and I, you know, look in in this whole thing, because I, I wanted to have you guys on to talk about kind of my actions and like and what I said, because for me, this has had a deep well, you impact. Got set up, though. Well, but I, I think, you know, in giving everybody the benefit of the doubt, I hope truly, because I don't think there was any malice going into this. I don't think there was anything but like, hey, we need some stories. What are we going to do? You know? But see, that, I think that's, again, that white privilege. That's privilege. That's that privilege. That's I that. I think, you know, it, I don't No I don't big know. deal. This it's is okay. nothing. Because the thing is, she, anybody, any of them, you too, live right. in Washington, D.C. You are on the same social media networks that I'm on. You're watching the same news that I'm watching. You're living in the same world that I'm living in just from a slightly different perspective so it is much easier to say I don't think that there was any malice but I can't look and say that I can't say there was no malice because as a black woman who deals in a world deals with white people 
Not all of them are bad. I've got some some of my best friends are white, you know, but right. but but on a regular basis. And I see the microaggressions that occur every single do- time, you know, about my hair, about my skin, about my father, about going to Howard. You hear these little snarky remarks all the time and you realize that even if 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 it they they want me to believe that there's nothing behind it. I know that there is because, again, always I'm an intention. adult there's and I'm, I'm careful about the words and that I say. Absolutely. And you guys, that's why I'm having this conversation because you're not alone. You know, I mean, I've got thousands and thousands of tweets and emails, so other people feel that way, too. I want to address a couple things. Um, Shawnee, your dad, Joe, has spoken to Michael's mom, yes. who you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, how are they doing? Are they... Are they okay? And and what did um you know she was they've been both very gracious. They they accepted my apology. They they wrote me back and very nice. She was very mm. sweet about it. I invited mm. her on this podcast. I know they have a lot going on. So, you know, I hope someday I get to meet them in real life. But yeah, I, I'm sure they're fine. I mean, I think she she was okay. I mean, there's some question about how they're gonna move forward because um you know, I know that that Michael did an interview with Holly. Or did yes. something? Did like a, a Skype interview with that's Holly? That's what he tweeted out. That's yes. what he. Yes. That's what he said. Um, and he said on a number of occasions that he is awaiting an apology from the network, um, uh, either on behalf of you all or just on behalf of themselves. So he's really not sure exactly how he wants to move forward in terms of releasing the interview or doing another interview. I think you know his his mom is doing all right. I can say this without even talking to either of them. They're going to be fine. Because while right. we continue to talk about this and while you continue to feel bad about it and other people continue not to feel bad about it and not want to acknowledge it, we still have this young black man who has a pick of 20 of the top universities in the world. buying a bed in a bag. Ride. Right, exactly. Who got a call from the former right. president of the United States right. and was like, look, dog, right. here's how it's going down. Right. Go ahead, do what you have to do. And I guarantee you on the other side right. of all of this, you'll be fine. He will be fine. And that is the beauty and resilience of black people. And that has been the beauty and resilience of black people for all their whole lives. The fact that you are sitting right here across from two black women, um, you know, down, down the street from where they used to sell our ancestors shows you how resilient we are. Right. So, I'm not so concerned about Michael Brown. Michael now, will be fine. now I'm concerned about the other young men because of negative perceptions. The and other incorrect. Mike Brown who right, lied right, right, in right, the right. street Those over a incorrect. cigarette or blunt or whatever it was that, that they claimed right. that. Those happened. incorrect perceptions so, are, are are problematic. Um, but yeah, I'm really more concerned. And I think perhaps because Michael Brown, this Michael Brown that we're talking about is intelligent and perhaps his mother is, and his mother obviously is as well, is that, you know, um, beyond the apology. And let me just say this and then I'll, I'll, I'll let it go. The reason I said I didn't accept your apology, first of all, is because why are you apologizing to me? Because you have not offended me. You offended them. You you owe them an apology. And if well, they've Michael accepted and your, his mother. Yeah, Michael yes, and his mother right. an apology. Right. So to apologize to me really means nothing. I mean, because I you've you've not done anything to me. To you. Now, here's the thing though. I think when we start making public apologies, I see them sort of like um when you're in an abusive relationship. 
you know, and your husband, you know, blacks your eye and then comes back to you and says, I'm so sorry. You know, the sorry doesn't take away the pain. The sorry doesn't um, doesn't speed up the physical healing. The only way anyone would even consider remaining in any kind of relationship or having any kind of interaction with someone who is abusive and racism is a violent form of abuse um, is by saying, "Okay, you need to acknowledge that there is a problem. Right. You need to get help for your problem. And then you need to show me over the course of a period of time that I feel comfortable that this change is long lasting and permanent. And so that's why I said to you, we can have a conversation. And and, and, and to, to, to what you were asking, Hillary, I, I, I don't know, Sarah. Right. I, this is my first time ever laying eyes on her in person. So I don't know her. We had a conversation right. based on a mutual friend right. asking me to do it. So when I said to you that I'd come on and have a conversation with you, I said the same thing to you that I say to all of my other white friends. Don't ask me what I can do. And then I tell you what to do. And then you don't do it. Right. The first thing I tell my friends all the time is go to your racist girlfriends, your dad, your mom, your uncle, your auntie, and check their asses and let them know it's inappropriate. And that I am not because I am for the the cause, right. not the black cause, not the feminine cause, for the human cause. Right. I am not going to sit back and allow you to disrespect anyone because I had two really nice, beautiful, intelligent black women, one of which has a daughter and the other of which has a son at my table. They spoke to me with respect and I will not allow you to disrespect them by disrespecting everything they represent. Right. It's humanity. It's, it's humanity. humanity. It's and humanity. I think that for people who have hate in them, they don't look at everyone and classify them right. within the guise of humanity. And so that's the main issue. Right. And if and wait, but I gotta go back to the thing where you said Holly already did a Skype interview with the kid. Yeah, he tweeted that, yes. But so, he won't let her re- he won't let her release it. He wants, yeah. Right. He already, wants the if apology. that was done prior to that, then it was just an opportunity for it was it was like, I, I can't wait to say something ugly. Let me get on the back well, end of saying something. Uh, if you've already done an interview, if I sit down and talk to you, I've talked to you today, right? Mm-hmm. I've talked to you today. If you I have. go out of but here here's the thing. and say something ugly. And I want you, mm-hmm. and, I, you know, look, obviously this, like we've talked about, it sparked a bigger thing. I, I told you guys I wanted you to come on and talk uh, openly. But I also want you to talk about my feelings mm-hmm. because I, you know, I love everyone there. I, you know, I I don't want to speak for anybody else. So I want to talk about my actions and how I can move forward. My audience has always known me to be open to talk about things. So I have one other question about seeing color because one of the emails and I want to read one of the messages I got. And then I want to tell I want you to tell me what uh, I can do to actually take action. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I one of the emails I got over time uh, over the past 10 days was that I need to actually see color, that you need to be aware of people color and and think which I think is what you're telling me I naively think oh well I don't I don't want to see color you know I don't I, I'm not judging anyone well, and, that's and automatically that. saying something negative because what's the problem like what what's the problem with seeing color like if because that means that your perception so do you agree with that or disagree I absolutely 100% agree with okay it. so so be conscious of color to stand up for people because that's basically what I was getting e- a lot because of emails and everybody messages. has a di- if that's the thing about okay so let's look at it like this right so when you go to the store you have bananas right or you have fruits and vegetables don't you pick your fruits and be- vegetables based on like you know 
how how they look like right. you know if it's ripe or if it's if it's not ripe enough or if it's too ripe right so all of those things mean something differently to you well when you recognize like that hero breads oh my gosh chef's kiss do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby, every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, that's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. <laughs> Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to Hero.com. Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural Conception for her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavored. Ah! Oh my, this is now my favorite thing to take. It's a fertility aid. If you haven't heard about them, they are unbelievable with thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon. Go and read them for yourself. And they're famous for their Conception for Her and Conception for Him formula, which Schman, my hubby, has been taking for over a month because it takes two to tango. Conception for her fertility aid is a well-researched baby. They have ingredients like ashkawanda, zinc, magnesium that can help you on that journey to have a healthy baby. So what are you waiting for? Go and order now. You're going to love it and I want to hear from you. Check out You Natural on Amazon and use code FRASER20 for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle. That's EU Natural on Amazon or follow the link on our website for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle with the promo code Fraser 20. That's F R A S E R. The number's 20. Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right. You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. How ironic. I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delani Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of our youth travel sports ruining families. Well, Dr. John Delani has over 20 years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delani walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions. And this is actually something that I really enjoy about his show. It's caller driven. 
you know, I feel like I'm going to have to get a collar-driven show, Dr. John. I love this. Anyway, listen to the Dr. John Delani Show wherever you get your podcast, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast episode. I always make it very, very easy to find my sponsors and people that I partner with. So start downloading and listening today to the Dr. John Delani Podcast. Enjoy. 10 years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating, and today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom, and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment, and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is myoptimalbody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy Ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser show sent you. You see color and you recognize what well, black people have, you know, these issues and people treat them like this. It makes you more compassionate. It makes right. you more empathetic and, and aware. Like you said something earlier that I thought was hilarious. You said, um, you know, I wasn't awake. You know, yeah. we say stay woke, right? Like, yes, that's some yes. real shit we say. Like, you said I wasn't awake. You're not awake. But right, right now, we're over here with the clap, clap. Wake up, Well, Sarah. that's really what it so was. I mean, it was a big slap in the face. There's you, no doubt to my, yeah, to me, for sure. And I'm always sensitive. It's just kind of like what you said about, you know, white friends or whatever. When I bring, like, white people around my black friends, I'm always sensitive to the things that they say. Like, because I know, you know, where I'm willing to just step out there and say, wait, bruh, that's... That's mm. not okay. You know, I'm bringing someone who's delicate into a situation. Like, we have real we have real shit going on in our brains that we have to process all the time. Post-traumatic slave syndrome is real. Like, I'm on edge. Like, if you say the wrong thing to me, Sarah, I could just, like, go off just based on something inside of me that, like, has not yet been dealt with. Like, right. and I'm... I own that and I accept that and I'm I'm okay with that. But I think that walking around expecting me to just be nice to you for the sake of like, oh, I'm a good person. Like I right, I don't right, right. I don't owe you that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And when you do something wrong, I am the person who's going to say, that's not okay. And by and the if way, we're friends, we, you'll accept that. I want to get people to, because um, a lot of people are commenting okay, on Facebook. Talk, talk we're live people. on Facebook. Like you can share this Facebook link. I'm having an open conversation about the comments that I made about Michael Brown that went viral over the past week. You can share it. And then also, if you have questions for Shauna or Hillary Younger, my guest today, um, Shauna is here. She is a media personality as well, um, worked for Sirius XM. Her dad is also legendary civil rights activist, uh, Joe Madison. Hillary Younger is here. She's former reality show uh, on Design stars, TV personality. She's also an expert on Black Twitter, which I'm now becoming. And that's a whole nother conversation we were having too. Is what is Black Twitter? You were kind of yeah, it was. But if if you don't mind, I want to I yeah. want to go back to what you were, you mentioned about seeing color and and why it is important that you see color. Right, because I want to know moving okay. forward what and, I need and, to and to also use the analogy that that you did about about when you go into a, a grocery store. So when you go into a grocery store store and you are looking at bananas, you're looking at colors and you're making a 
value determination right. based upon the color, right? So in, in a sense, you don't want to go that approach because you don't want to say, oh, the, the black banana is spoiled. The green banana is, you know, whatever, right. not ripe enough. And, and that perfect yellow banana with just maybe a little touch of brown is the one that I want. We don't want to approach the way a, a, a humanity like that. What we want to approach it to is it's like asparagus. I don't know if you all eat asparagus. So I just yes. I, I love asparagus. And so I knew that asparagus came in green. And then I found out that there's also white asparagus. And then I yes. found out that there was purple asparagus. And I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. And they pretty much they have little differences. But for the most part, it's all asparagus. And so the thing is, you can choose a color, not because necessarily you want to make a value judgment on whether or not purple is spoiled and white is unripe or is, is not ripe enough, but just because you know that they're different and you want to experience them all and you respect them all. So when it comes to seeing color, I want you to see me as a black woman because I am a black woman. And there's a lot that comes with that. That's not just the fact that I am a descendant of a slave. Oh, it right. is also that, you know, I carry myself a little differently. My hair is quaffed a little differently. Right. My skin is this beautiful brown color that I love. There's so much that comes with that. So don't look, don't, don't ignore well, right. that because I want you to see that. But what I want you to do beyond see that is respect it. I, is I understand that. Well, I'm understanding that. Right. I feel like that's that what, I, that's I, did, what I want you to see. So I when, also think that's fake. I think that when people say that I don't see color, well, then you're going to just you're going to erase history now. Like we're going to have to forget because at what point did we stop seeing color? Like at what point? Because you you don't see color, but clearly there are people around you who do. Sure. So do you go when you talk to your your friends or family? Do you say, well, do you see color? Or do you, is there a survey done and how do we address and identify? Right. Because this is a very hard space to navigate, especially with the world being so global now. Now, how do we stop seeing, when do we stop you seeing don't, it? You don't stop seeing when colors. When do we stop seeing it's, color? You don't. You don't and now you never you're erasing have. history when we exactly. stop seeing color. And, and I'm not and, willing to do that. And, you've and you never have and you never will because the, the fact of the matter is we were all created differently for a reason and that we all experience this world differently in the reason. The reason, now, now here's the thing historically, and then I'll get off of this. Historically, the thing Thing that makes people of color more alike than different is that we have all experienced the world through the filter of white supremacy. So that in and of itself, but that's real deep. I don't want to dig that hole right now. <laughs> okay. But the, the fact well, just is... just like that brown banana, you're ready for something. <laughs> exactly. You're so, ready. Right. So, you're ready. Exactly. So that's, 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 that's that part. So, so yes, you can... You, you can see color. You can see color and, and respect it and celebrate it and check yourself every time you have a perception. Just like when I yeah. walked in here, like Hillary said, I was like, okay, I'm about to go in here and talk to this white girl. And, <laughs> and, 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 and you know, and, and, and here's the thing. And a lot of times I won't, I won't, and, and I, I have to, you know, talk to myself through this, though I know my reasons. You know, I won't engage a, a group of white women in the same way that I will engage a mixed group of women or a group of black women because I'm like, all right, as soon as I say something that she doesn't like and she starts crying, because this is what black people say, oh my God, white woman tears. The most powerful thing on the face of the earth is a white woman's tears. You I know, want to so harvest some in man. this. Uh, Good thing so I better not cry. Don't, if don't you do, cry. I need them. Honey, historically, black men have been castrated and hung from trees because some white woman cried. Mm. So this is so this is part of the reason why I am very careful about how I interact. But I do, as a human being 
who wants everyone else to see me as a human being, I have to step back and say, okay, maybe I'll have that in the back of my mind, but that will not be the, the I won't bring it to the forefront of my mind in, in, in the way that I interact with you. I will give you what I want you to give my son when you see him on the street mm. in your neighborhood, and that is the benefit of the doubt. That's amazing. Oh, my God. And by the way, I'm just, I'm like getting, I'm not crying, uh, but I'm getting inundated. I'm <laughs> like, not don't, girl, get the cup. Girl, get the damn cup <laughs> out. <laughs> Cry. I'm not <laughs> crying. I'm not crying. But don't I'm you waste one because I need them. I, I am, live in a white neighborhood. I need them. Okay, I'm not crying. I'm getting somebody. tons of great response. Okay. Uh, lots of people are on the Facebook. You can share the Facebook right now. Um, Eddie Stahl says, I love this. It's a very difficult conversation. It is um, tough. I'm super or, grateful. Not for me. No, or. I'm super grateful to both. It's hard to it's hard for me to hear this because yeah you just you don't hear it and people aren't real and the discussion around race is a really tricky one and um especially for white women you know and and white people in general but um it is a tough one to have and it oh, and it like stings me at the core because well, everyone wants to feel like they're a good person right who, like, who doesn't want to feel like right. a good person uh eddie says very tough conversation but um this one happens to really be changing behavior especially about race felicia says this is what it looks like to have an honest conversation about something that is very difficult Difficult to talk about race and our personal behavior. I'm so glad to see you guys doing this today. Sarah says seeing color equals recognizing someone's background, history, culture. Ignoring it can come off as ignoring those differences, which so often are used as reasons for them to be treated differently. Mm-hmm. So that's a good way mm-hmm. to sum it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I want I got this one, too, because I wanted you guys to speak about Shauna. You have a son. We all know what's happening with the two men at Starbucks in Philadelphia. Uh, this woman, Mia, who works here in D.C. in education, wrote this message to me, which was, one of the tipping points for me wanting to have this conversation today. Mia said, I wish you had a better understanding, Sarah, of how to navigate as a person of color in America. I wish you knew what it felt like to see constant images on the news of black and brown people being shot and harassed by their own communities and those charged with protecting them. I wish you had a better understanding of the insurmountable challenges teachers and parents face when preparing students for their lives uh, post high school. I wish you know how frustrating it is to get a barrage of messages on one side that black boys are thugs and a danger to society and are men even at age 12. Another barrage of messages on the other side that preach the gospel of personal responsibility and bootstrap pulling up, which both of you touched upon. And then to be beyond successful and be called ridiculous and obnoxious, it's hurtful. But more than that, it's frustrating. I wish you no ill will. I'm glad that you and um, everyone else on this platform are having this discussion here today. Um, and I hope it results in a good thing. So thank you, Mia. I really appreciate you ha- having that yeah, conversation and, and, and having this conversation with, with right. me. And I, yeah. I agree. And I, and I just want to say something to you. And, and I'm coming to you now as a as the the mother of a son. And Hillary, I know as, as the mother of a young black girl, we cannot also pretend like a lot of the issues that are facing our young Bad, men are not facing our women because our, our girls are going through it, too. Is a whole dead woman. Patriarchy I mean, will not allow us to talk about women. But as a son, I want to give you an, an example of something that just happened to me. And then I'll give you an exact I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I, I would like for you to do. OK, so um. My my mother-in-law, I went to Chicago. So my husband is from Chicago. And so we went to go visit his mother-in-law. And his mother-in-law lives in this very exclusive um, uh, suburb outside of Chicago, predominantly white with a little black speckle here and there. So my son and my bonus son were hanging out and they were bored. And they said, well, can we go walk around the neighborhood? So here I am now. I'm not worried about we're not on the west side of Chicago. We're not on the south side of Chicago. So I'm not concerned about whether or not he's going to get caught in the crossfire or anything like this. I hesitate because I think to myself, okay, 
if I let these two young black boys out in this predominantly white neighborhood, what is the likelihood that they will be harassed, Hmm. perceived as a threat because they don't live here and people are not familiar with them and they're not going to be given the benefit of the doubt. Nobody's going to say, oh, that's, you know, those are Margie's grandchildren. They're all going to be like, oh, these two young black men I've never seen before are out here. So I said, okay. And I immediately was like, all right, God, I'm going to need you to just cover them and keep them, you know, a big, you know, black baby Jesus, please keep my children. (laughs) So... Um, I let them out and I'm, I'm on the phone looking out of the window. And I remember this just, just, this struck me as I saw, uh, what I thought was like a neighborhood watch truck. It turned out to be something else, but at the time I thought it was a neighborhood watch truck and it was coming down the street and it went right to the cross street where I knew the boys were. And it started, it pulled up to the cross street. It stopped. Then it backed up, turned around and then went down that street. I was so scared because I was like, oh my God, they're about to have an encounter. Wow. with what I, I thought was uh, neighborhood security, that I ran out of the house in my pajamas, no shoes, without a thought, locked myself out of the house, it turns out, in Chicago in, in the winter because I was so mm. afraid for my children. Not because, again, not because they're in the hood, but because they are in this nice neighborhood and because I've seen so many times because this is essentially what happened with Trayvon Martin. Please, let's keep it real. Absolutely. Was that he was in a, a neighborhood where the neighbors were unfamiliar with him. Yeah. And he was immediately tagged as being a menace. And so, you know, he lost his life as a result. So I was afraid for my sons. This very same thing happened not too far from where I'm from in Rochester, Michigan. I'm from right. Detroit originally, where this young man misses his bus. He goes Police. and knocks on the door. No, this is another story. Young black man, 14 years old, misses his bus. And he go and and he doesn't know how to get to where he's right. going. I don't remember if he was going to school or not. But he misses his bus, and so he he goes and knocks on the door. And this is sort of again a white suburb, you know. He knocks on the door, and this white woman answers the door and says, "Oh my God, what are you doing? Trying to rob me?" She screams. Her husband comes running out of the back with a gun, and it is only by the grace of God and the fact that the safety was on that gun that that boy lived to tell the story mm. because he was going to kill that child for knocking on his door and asking for directions. Why? Because the immediate perception that his wife had was this young black man is at my door. He must be trouble. You know that why? is the perception. Because the media is the only, because if you've never interacted with black people, right. then how do you know? Right. How do you know how all of it? Because you, you sit up and you watch TV and the media feeds you all this trash and you mm. eat and that's what you think. That's, right. every, that's that's what's in your mind. And you already are geared to hate anyway. Like it's already in your mind to isolate yourself, to separate yourself, to not be a part of, to go over here. This con- I mean, we have to be real. The first thing that you have to do is to be real about this entire country. Let's start at the beginning. What is America? Right. That's what it right. is. Well, it was based on slavery. Uh, right. Th- that's we built this motherfucker. Right. Like, and we had a civil war over it. And you know? maybe. And then let's not forget the people that were, were here before they even brought us. There over. we go. I mean, it's not right. even built right. on right. Right. Yeah. built on the genocide. Say, genocide. Of the people who let's start here. with the genocide yeah. and all Do you okay, you all live it. You're activists, you see it. I mean, Shawnee, you really see it with your dad who does a show on a serious XM every day. Do you guys think things are getting any better? No. Or? No. Okay, you don't. No. And um, two black men just got kicked out of Starbucks for doing something that white boys do every single day of their lives. Why do you think? (laughs) Why do you think that there is? Because the other thing I've heard a lot, I've I've heard you know stand up for black men, black people, give them the benefit of the doubt. And one of the things I've heard with the Starbucks story that's been so frustrating for people is believe that there is anything else to the story. 
and white people in general have a hard time going, well, everybody, you know, the commenting and reading that I've done on that story has been a lot of times people are like, oh, well, there's got to be more to the story of the two guys who are arrested at Starbucks. And a lot of people are saying, no, there isn't more to the story. That's what you live with as a person of color every right. single because day. Because that forces them to check their bias. So right. that, and so that's when I was going to go back to you and tell you, OK, Sarah, now you're asking me, what can I do? Now, you have a platform. Right. This is step one. Okay, this is step one. But now every time, just like if you go on to my but Facebook. I don't think you need the answers from me, Sarah. I think that you probably have the answers about what to do. I, don't, I mean, how am well, I answering the well, question? Well, you're making an assumption. See, I don't make assumptions with them. I let them know what I, I want them to do. I, I hear you, fake though. A lot of I the hear time, you. Though. I well, do. maybe it is. But this, but see, this is what I and this is what I was saying to her. So now, if if I make an assumption and I don't get anything out of it, right? Then I can always go back and be like, "Oh, I made an incorrect assumption." Mm -hmm. If I tell you, it's like my son. You know what I mean? If I tell you every Saturday clean the bathroom, every Saturday clean the bathroom. Don't come gotcha. back to me three weeks later and say I didn't know. What do you want me to do? Right. I told you what to do. Now yeah. the fact that you didn't do it now shows right. me that you really don't care about what I'm saying. And this is coming from my real life. Shout out, Jazzy. Um, but the <laughs> thing is, but the thing is, if I say to you okay you have this platform so every time a story like a michael and this is really simple this doesn't solve the problem by any means this is okay. step one of a hundred right okay so the next time you see a story like a michael brown not not your story not the story you were part of but right. the original story then post that up as a celebration of young black men you understand? Uh, the next time you see the story about, you know, a, a, a young girl who is who has who written five children's books that celebrate black hair and what it means to be a black girl and is a distribution deal and a publishing deal. Post that. Like, don't let every story well, that a black person shows up in across your platform be a negative I have, one. I have a real question I that kind of will like. OK, so this is a question that I have and it. It's like you said you didn't see color and I get the whole thing. And I think that this will resolve some things for your audience and for mine and for for Shauna's, too. So if that had been a young white boy who you posted, who you guys were doing the story about, would you have used the same word? Would a lot have, of people have asked that. Yeah. Would you mm -hmm. have said the same thing? I think we would have, because really it was like when this story was pitched, it was like, hey, how many schools are too many? You know, like, oh, this, you know, this kid got into 20 um, and, you know, the college... Again, Shauna educated me, and I should have done that With myself. I'm not right. right. About the app. That's all changed from the days when we had to do written mm -hmm. essays and all oh, that you, crap. You got to fill them out one by one when I was. Right. So. It, you know, which in and of itself would have made it even more yeah. impressive with the money order. Because in my mind, I'm thinking like, <laughs> which was Mama when it got twenty, my mama would have been right. like, look, if you don't get in, you're which going to the have, military, right? Right. Which would right. have made it even right, 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 right. It would have made it even more impressive if he had done it. Yeah. Application right? by application. Holy shit, So yeah. once again, that even makes it. See, to me, if you're even going to have that question, and again, this just kind of goes back with what you learn when you're in this business. Okay, you learn, you do your research, and you say, hey, there's an app that allows you to just do it like this, and then there's an old so maybe school that's way. What he did. Which is a better way. Right. You know well, what I mean? I, I mean, there's so many different ways to approach it. So to take that approach is what makes people question your your motives. And I, I think we would have because that the the story was coming from is twenty too many? The you know it well, went off the I rails. Challenge Fox and even you. I let's find a story. Let's challenge me. Let's challenge, challenge you. Me. Well, I cha well I. I mean, I can challenge who I want to. I get that you're saying it, but I'm just saying for me, the way to do it is to find another story with a white kid, girl, boy, whoever, and then let's just say 
uh, another obnoxious kid. Right. Is doing is is doing it again. Here it is again. Like, I mean, let's see if that is something that we're willing to do. And if we're not willing to do that, then let's just say that now, okay, let's put this in the other stack of 300 million things that are racist in America. Like, I mean, like, I mean, I kind of feel like if you're not if you're not willing to do that, then. There's no reversing it. We got to balance the scale. Well, I some personally kind of way. don't want to tear down any more kids. Well, no, like, they, I don't, you know, exactly. it's already I, I, been done. No, I mean, for me, that's how I feel. I'm, I'm Hammurabi's code, 100. percent An eye for an eye, two for two. You cut off my finger, I cut off your finger. Now we're even. I mean, that's the I only way that. I feel like we balance it out. Like if I'm on the scale and I got an extra finger and you don't have a finger, then I'm like this on the scale. I mean, it just makes sense. So right. let's let me give me your finger and then we we're back to here, right? right. No, so, I I understand your point of view. I like Shauna's point of view better. Sorry. Well, well no, I mean, you, you want your but, finger. You want to keep your right, fingers. But, 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 but also, let's be clear, right, that I, I too, believe in consequence. You know, right. I, too, believe in consequence because, one, I come from, I, and, and as you mentioned, I'm, I'm a storyteller. So I, I do these pop-up storytelling events around the region. And we recently did one that we called Rep Your Hood, where we had folks from all over the city come and tell stories sort of about their hometown. And so I told a story about growing up in Detroit. And I grew up in Detroit in, uh, oh, I'll just, uh, whatever. I'm, I'm old. So I grew up in Detroit <laughs> in, like, you know, the early, the early 1980s. And so, you know, at the time, we had this mayor. His name was Coleman Young. And um, he was a phenomenal. I mean, he was like blackity, blackity, black, black right. in, in terms of his policies and his beliefs and his thinking. And so he was like, listen, what you're not going to do is come up into this majority black city, uh, regardless of what the situation is, and disrespect us. So there were a number of situations, a number of stories that that um, things that happened while I was growing up um, that that upset white people tremendously. And a lot of them had to do with white folks kind of, you know, calling black folks niggas and 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 making certain uh, uh comments at and and there being dire consequences in one case is one white woman got beat down mm. like beat to the ground because she you know she went out came out her mouth and called this black girl the n-word and so and and the black girls got off they got off and everybody's like, oh, my God, you know, we live in this city where, you know, a black girl can, you know, beat this white woman down. And for what a word? No, because what the city understands and what I understand is that that word is a, a, an act of violence. Mm. Your your aggression against me is an act of violence. What you all did, regardless of whether or not it was your intention or your, not me say intention, your understanding was right. an act of violence. And so there needs to be a consequence to that. Trevor Noah told a story recently, I saw it on Facebook, about how in South Africa this woman got put in jail for calling a police officer, excuse me, calling a police officer, I can't remember what the name is, for um, black people there. Is it Kafor or something like that? Okay. She got put in jail. There was a real consequence for her racism because they identified racism as violence. So while South Africa is going so, hard right and now, they, and they are, and so I think here in the United States, I think there ought to be consequence. And so whatever that consequence is for you, you know, that's fine. What the consequence is for anyone else, I I believe that. You know, a firing, that might be it. A slap on the hand, that might be it. You know, you having to go out and do some community service. I don't I don't know, jail. I don't know and I don't care what it is because that's not for me to determine. But there has to be, there has to be, and you are right, Hillary, a consequence for this. Otherwise, why would anybody stop? 
Do you know why there's certain people at that network right now who are sitting like, I don't care. I'm not going to apologize. Nothing's I don't know. Because nothing's going to happen to them. Why would they apologize? Why? And I'm not I just... Wanna, right. And I want to have you on the show to talk about to talk about. I understand. And, that's, and I under, and, it, and you know, it's your opinion and it's been the opinion of the audience. Um, and we've heard it, you know. So whatever they're doing is their thing. What I'm doing is for me and for my platform and I don't feel like it's right for me to not have this conversation and to try to do better and advance the cause with with the platform that I have. So exactly. that's why I really exactly and I, and I guess you. and I guess what I'm trying to say to bring it back around again. I'm not trying to 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 distinguish you from anyone else, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that you said you you know wh- what I gave you was not a consequence, right? Right. What I gave right. you was an idea. What Hillary is saying is, is that there I has fit. to be right. a consequence. And so right. what I'm saying is while you liked my idea, it's because it was not a consequence. Right. But I still believe that there should be a consequence. Now, I'm not here to say what it should be because I don't know. Right. I've, I've not thought it through that far. But the, but the thing is, I respect the fact that you say, hmm, OK, this was a misstep. This was a problem. Perhaps, you know, I need to do some soul searching. And maybe that is enough of a consequence for you because I don't know what's going on internally with you. I don't know what happens when you go to bed at night, whether or not you beat yourself up or you just drink a glass of wine and go to sleep. I don't know. Right. But so that's why I don't. But I, but but Hillary is right. There has to be overall something beyond just an apology there has to be a something that holds you accountable that's why sometimes people get community service when they do something it's not just to punish you but it's also to get you to understand to, to go into the community to learn and to understand how your actions affect okay. a larger community and that's what i want to do that's what I want to do, and that's what I wanted to talk about today. You guys have been amazing, and I'm really, really grateful that you were here. And I'm grateful to take the next steps of sharing um, stories that celebrate young men of color, young women of color. And I know my audience will or keep me honest. Or just stop talking about people of color. Or stop talking about people of color. Well, not in that way. I'm just saying it doesn't have to be... You know, in a, in a right. way of debating their accolades. Absolutely. Got it. Got Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Because unless right. you talk about, like I said, unless you come back on the podcast, you find this girl or boy and be like, look, girl or boy, I'm sorry I got to do this, but you're obnoxious. Then right. it's still going to be off. Yeah, it's still going to be off for me because I'm looking. I, that's what I'm doing next. I'm finding all the white kids who got into a myriad of schools and I'm right. posting them online and I'm saying obnoxious. Exclamation point after all of them. Well, and, have, this, and have the difficult conversation with your 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 white counterparts. Have that conversation. Don't just have it with us. Right. You understand? Because we we're on we we it's good. We're on the side that we're on. But if you now get what we say and you go back to your girlfriends and you say, Hey, I had this conversation, have a conversation with them. Show up the next time that you see these black folks marching down U Street, the next time you see them talking about Black Lives Matter, you know what I mean? Don't don't just post it get out there because there are white people who are doing it i mentioned this to you recently with cynthia nixon running for governor of new york you know what i mean she's doing something and if right now the only thing she can do because she's only a candidate is to bring attention and awareness to certain issues like the mass incarceration of black people for for crimes having to do with marijuana that's now being legalized then that's what you do that is part of being that is about being part of the solution it is possible but cynthia nixon had to take that that chance there are going to be people who look at her like girl why would you even do that that's not even about you that's fine that is part of what it means if you are truly genuinely right and we talked about that yeah wanting to be 
yeah. part of a solution. Be a change agent. Like, actually, like, do the actual work. I mean... Do the work. I, yeah. No, do the work. Do, do the work. Um, I, you know, I, I want to end it there because I think that you guys have made some amazing points. And I think as I still, you know, deal with this and process it, I have to do that and, and reflect on the work and reflect on on the next step. So I'm both I'm of you. I'm very, very grateful that you were here and were so honest and open with me. So, okay. Hillary, thank you. Where can people follow you and find you? OK, here we go again. So I am on Instagram. I am habitually Hillary habitually Hillary and Hillary is H-I-L-A-R-I habitually Hillary you can find me on all my social media platforms at habitually Hillary that's me all right Shauna where can people find you and follow I you I am across most of them uh, most of the social media platforms that I am Shauna Renee that's S-H-A-W-N-A-R-E-N-E-E Perfect. I love it. You guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate your comments. You can keep them coming on my Facebook and be sure to share the conversation. I hope today is the start of taking action, like you said, being different. Thank you, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. It's a podcast, not a cast pod. Hey, phrase every day she'll make you say, oh, my God. She got the Pop culture news, so grab a drink, it ain't what you think, it's Sarah and the crew. Hey.